You are listening to Life, the Universe, and Everything Else. Today on the show, New Year's Resolutions. Life, the Universe, and Everything Else is a program promoting secular humanism and scientific skepticism that is produced by the Winnipeg Skeptics and the Humanists, Atheists, and Agnostics of Manitoba. You can email your questions, comments, or criticisms to us at podcast at winnipegskeptics.com. Show notes, references, and relevant links for all episodes can be found at lueepodcast.wordpress.com or at winnipegskeptics.com slash blog. My name is Laura Creek Newman, and today with me I have Ashlyn Noble, hello, Ian James, mm. and Jem Newman. Hi. Sorry, I was just excited that because so many people have been getting my name wrong lately. <laughs> and by wrong, I mean they've been calling me Leung, and I have to constantly correct people. And I'm glad that I don't have to do that. Today. I totally, in my mind, was about to I say know, it, right? and I caught myself yeah. and said, "Nope, it's, the, it's the, the new one." Yeah, it's the new name. <laughs> It's only been a year. Come on, like, it's hard to get used to. <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's fair. I, I think I think your greeting is a grunt now. <laughs> <laughs> so, did everyone have a decent New Year's? It was wonderful. It's pretty good. Yeah, we had a yeah. good time. Played some Terra Mystica over at Ashland's place. Yeah, it was I good. I ate a lot of food. It was very good food, though. I ate way too much of it. <laughs> it was your anniversary, right? It was our anniversary. Yeah. yeah. You made together. it. Yay. Yeah. Well, well ten, five, ten years together. together. Okay. Five, five years. married. <laughs> Who's counting, though, right? Yeah. You guys, apparently. Absolutely. Right. Society is counting, man. <laughs> All right. So, as mentioned, the topic today is New Year's resolutions. But before we get into that part of the show, Jem got a very interesting little stocking stuffer that he would like to share with everybody. So, Jem, take it away. I love my family. Um, and I even like them a lot of the time. Interesting. <laughs> and I got some socks, which will keep the Yule Cat at bay, luckily, uh, as we discussed in our previous episode. But... Uh, they will also keep my feet warm. These socks are a little fancier than usual, uh, and I thought I'd talk a little bit about them. Uh, they are called Incredis socks. <laughs> Starting out well. <laughs> and they use anion technology. Uh, they're bamboo charcoal socks. Uh, they are very comfortable. Does the charcoal keep your feet from smelling? It might make them more flammable. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not. But, well, let, let me. Let's just go over some of the claims uh, on these socks. Uh, they apparently increase blood flow and circulation. I don't know if they're magnetized in some way. Not that that would help. Uh, it, they help foot fatigue. I assume that's fighting foot fatigue, but maybe they're fighting on the side of foot fatigue. They're organic. They're made from bamboo from the mountains of Taiwan, uh, and they're great for cold feet. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm not sure is is unique to these socks or just a property of Maybe socks you need, in like, general. Chronically cold feet, like, okay. like some diabetics have. But luckily, there is a description of how they work. Oh, good. You know, I think they're like gloves, but for your foot. <laughs> no, it's the the how they work is not like instructions on a packet of toothpicks. Uh, it is it goes a little further than that. It says. Incrediware fabric releases negative ions. Uh, so, so I guess the, the socks are constantly shedding mass. Uh, the negative ions vibrate cellular walls. Uh, 
presumably your cellular walls, but maybe any cellular walls. The vibrations increase circulation within 20 minutes. No uncomfortable compression needed. They come from Vita Health. And they were $12.99, which is... That's an astonishing price for socks. Almost an order of magnitude more than I I pay for a (laughs) pair of socks normally. As I said, they are very comfortable and warm and cushiony. Uh Uh, They have directions. The directions say, wear as needed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, These socks can be worn 24-7. That's a long time to wear socks, actually. Now that I think about it, wearing a socks socks for a full seven uninterrupted days. Yeah, that'd be pretty (laughs) nice. Maybe just 24 hours. But I'd put a limit on that. 24-7, okay. Uh, Benefits and properties, 200 thread count, so you could use them as sheets, I guess. Uh, They're antimicrobial. They reduce pain and swelling. And as previously mentioned, they're great for cold feet. (laughs) (laughs) Your feet are cold, we we recommend wearing socks. These (laughs) socks, specifically. There is also a a thermoregulating, like, infrared picture on the back that shows, like... These feet are wearing normal socks, and they're slightly colder, although you can't really, you know, tell the difference between the two. Yeah, I'm not sure which one I would pick as the warmer foot. Oh, uh, it has a breakdown of the makeup. So the bamboo charcoal fiber takes up 50% of the sock. The uh, cotton takes up 33% of the sock. And 17% of the sock is flexible fiber. So like spandex, then. Elastic of some kind. I just didn't want to say that. Oh, I just yeah. assume anything flexible. <laughs> the, 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 the other fibers are inflexible. Uh, and there is, of course, a single uh, testimonial on the back of the packet from Chris Boone of Chico, California, who I assume is a famous person. Maybe it's just some guy. <laughs> like, this one guy liked our socks. I think we've talked about my socks enough. <laughs> I just wanted to say, I'm very grateful for this gift. <laughs> they are wonderful and comfortable, and I enjoy wearing them. They're also a little shorter, so I don't have to fold the top down. You know? You fold the top over in your normal socks? Oh, Absolutely. I, well, we both do. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. Gotta pull my long johns up. Why? <laughs> Why wouldn't you just pull the sock up? Because if you pull it all the way up, then it goes up like half your calf, and then it slides down and are bunches these up. the socks? No, no, these are a different pair of socks. You are way dorkier than I ever expected. <laughs> Wait, even after all these years. It's a clean, <laughs> neat fold halfway through <laughs> I've also the neck always said this. We have something in common, Jem. <laughs> you guys are meant to be together. Yeah. Clearly. And Jem is also wearing long johns indoors, which I find kind of strange. He this was- is in Winnipeg, man. <laughs> I'm wearing pajama pants because the last time we were over, we discussed how we are now at the level of friendship where we can just wear pajama pants. I'm coming in sweats and unicorn slippers. So I think that's enough talk about Christmas presents. I, I hope everyone had a, a lovely winter holiday time, if that's what you do. And if you didn't, I still hope the days were lovely for you. We've just passed the new year now, and one of the most well-known parts of the new year is making resolutions. This is a very common thing in North America. A lot of people like to do this. It's very hyped up in the days coming up to New Year's Eve. Then uh, we all scramble madly to try to keep up to our resolutions the day after. Yes, it's a fresh start. It's rebirth, rejuvenation. You, You mentioned North American. Are we going to talk about if it is a thing that uh, happens throughout the world as well? Actually, yes. Yes, I was going to mention about that. So 
we do do this a lot in North America, but this is not the only place to do New Year's resolutions, and probably not the first place to do New Year's resolutions. Segway! <laughs> so, New Year's resolutions have uh, happened for a long time in plenty of different cultures, uh, and not only Western cultures, but, uh, you know, using the calendar that we that we use now, the ancient Romans actually would make... Uh, promises to their god Janus during the sort of New Year celebration, and Janus is, of course, the god for whom the month January is named. And uh, even when you look back at the ancient Babylonians, they, at the start of the New Year, they would promise to their gods that they would return any objects they borrowed from their neighbors, and they would make sure that all of their debts are repaid this year. Keep Janus in January. Yeah, keep Janus in January. So, ancient Romans made New Year's resolutions? They, they did indeed. I don't have any details actually on what they resolved, but I think that we have some data on uh, the most common New Year's resolutions these days. Yes, yes we do. So, bet if we pause for like 10 seconds, all of our listeners can think of the top five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not a shock. <clears throat> so actually, that's actually a really good point. Before we get into the... Um, the most common New Year's resolutions as compiled in some surveys over the last 20 years. Um, I want to ask here, does anybody here make a New Year's resolution this year? Yeah, I do every year. Yeah? I like them. Do you want to share anything, either this year or maybe another year, what you may have done? Um, I Mine tend to be... I, I do really good at motivating myself by making myself do streaks, like I have to do something every day. Okay. Um, but... The flip side of that is, if I miss a day, then everything is destroyed forever and I quit it. <laughs> yeah. um, last year, one of the ones that worked out really well was taking a picture every day. And so I, I, I missed like three days of the whole year, and I couldn't find even like a screenshot that I had taken from that day. Oh and no! So those days are really annoying me, but um, otherwise I, I did really good at that. And it served as a really good memory of the year, so now I can look back at all of these pictures I took, and I, and I organized yeah. them, and I gave a little caption to each one. Nice. So that was pretty cool. This year I have made it a goal to get 30 minutes of fitness every day because I have really fallen down on that since it got cold. Um, uh, yes. We live right by the biggest park in the city, and so going out for a walk during the summer, we were doing that every day and it was so great. Yeah. And then it got cold and we were like, no, we're <laughs> going uh, And also to ramp up my production of Lampwork Beats. So mm. I have So made... kind of two resolutions then. Oh yeah, I, I always make a, a few. Yeah, oh wow. I never go with one. <laughs> wow, you're, you're industrious there. I really there. like them. I'm, I'm a big fan of, you know, it's a... It's a starting point. And I also usually do something around my birthday. Like, this is the year that whatever is going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And they usually work out pretty good. Like, they're at least motivating for me. I, I usually don't manage to keep them through the whole year, but I'm not a person who gives up after, like, a week. Okay. It usually takes at least six months, and then my birthday is in July, so there you go. <laughs> and so, and See, since <laughs> atheists have no purpose, you know, <laughs> there it you go. gives you a goal, right? Yeah. At least in the short term. Nice. Wow. I'm very impressed with that. Anybody else? Uh, well, I don't... Uh, owing to the Sorry. atheists having no purpose. <laughs> you just drift through life. Yeah, exactly. Well, more or less, yeah, because I, I found it very interesting that you have multiple uh, New Year's uh, resolutions. Isn't that typical, though? Like, don't no, usually people have lists of resolutions? I have zero. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. A short list. Yeah, it's a very short list, yeah. I don't know. I just... It's, I, I think it's one of those things that kind of plays into the idea that, you know, 
Valentine's Day is this day that we've established is February 14th, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously had to think about that for a second because I don't know. And it's like, you know, Mallory's you a lucky girl. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't listen to these. Um, and then you, you put so much significance on that one day that the week before, the week after, six months after, six months before, all, are all of a sudden nullified because you forgot to get somebody flowers on this one day. So I feel like making a resolution on this one day, while it's tradition and while it's fun, and it can be obviously very motivating, and that's great, and I don't take that away from anybody, um, I, it doesn't work for me because I don't see the significance of this one day because, I mean, we think that it's the 31st of, of December or what have you, but given the time zones, it's not the 31st on the other side of the world, so it, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't <laughs> it's matter. arbitrary. It, it is somewhat arbitrary in the grand scheme of things, and, and I'm not much of a, I don't know, I just, I don't make goals that way, I guess, so. But so okay. it's like, I will start my diet on Monday. That's really arbitrary. Yeah. yeah. Well, but like, I, like I, I see your point, though, you know? And I'm not saying that my point, or my point of view, I should say, is necessarily a good thing. It may be a flaw of mine that I don't we, we have these, these touchstones <laughs> that people can use to, 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 you know, better themselves or whatever. And I just don't, I don't use that. So maybe that's a, maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe, <laughs> maybe my opinion is less than stellar. But regardless, the bottom line, I rarely, if ever, do it. And if okay. I do, never, ever follow through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. nice. I, I don't believe that I've ever made a New Year's resolution. And I, I sort of feel like saying, oh, yeah, you know, January 1st is arbitrary. But at the same time, I am a lover of arbitrary rules. <laughs> I revel in them. So I, I, you know, I can't, I can't use that as my excuse. But I do, I do try to better myself. And I, I actually found, especially when we were expecting Kira, our daughter, uh, I found that I was taking stock of my life and doing that thing that people do when they reach some sort of landmark in their existence and say, okay, there are things that I want to do with my life. You know, I've always uh, wanted uh, to be able to juggle or to be able to ride a unicycle or apparently be in a circus, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but there are things that I wanted to be able to do or things that I wanted to accomplish, and I started thinking to myself, these aren't just going to happen. It's up to me to make these happen. And so I started actively working toward doing the things that I wanted to do. And I didn't start it on, you know, January 1st. But I think that spirit is very similar, you know? Mm-hmm. And and one of the things that I find most helpful is having a system, you know? I am one of those people who can't just rely on myself to remember to do things. Uh, I have to somehow make it a habit, have a system. And well, I, so, I totally agree. If yeah. you're drinking more water in a day, they say drink X amount of water, you could probably... <laughs> <laughs> I'm pointing at, of course, nobody can see, but I'm pointing at Laura. Um, how much water is, is appropriate to drink in a day or whatever. I find that I can't just, it can't just be like, oh, drink more water. That's not a thing. I have to have a an actual container and say, I have to drink five that of these. Water, yeah. This is yeah. what I got to drink in a day, because then it, it breaks it. If I can have one big ass, like, one of those water coolers, and I can just drink directly out of and I know it's like, okay, I got to do this in the day. That would be excellent, but of course, mm-hmm. I don't do that either. Okay. Going to what I just said, so I, I agree with you, Jim, that having the system definitely makes things easier to do. You all bring up some really, really good points, and these are some of the things that I want to address throughout the podcast, too. In terms of my own New Year's resolutions, I have not made any in the last few years. I've never been a huge goal-setter 
a few years back when I was much younger and more naive, I would set New Year's resolutions because that was the thing to do and they'd always be incredibly vague and unhelpful and I would never follow through ever on them. But I didn't really care either. It wasn't something that I was like, oh man, I didn't follow through. I was just like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh well. And then February would roll around and it's all good, right? So that's that's my history. I've just sort of given up on it because why bother? And usually it's like, oh, it's New Year's Eve. I've got so many other things going on. I forgot to make a resolution. Right. And goals are going to happen throughout the year. You can't just wait until the end of the year. Eh, I'll just wait till December. Exactly. To do that. Exactly. So no, I'm not a big resolution kind of person there. So that's why I'm especially impressed that you're all into it yeah. and that you make multiple and that you have a decent success rate. It sounds like. Well, so that's pretty I good. Think, and I know we're going to talk about this later, but part of the success of it, I think, is that I make them very specific. Mm -hmm. I, I always have to have like a particular number in mind or. You know, I have to do this many of this thing, or this many minutes, or you know, 25 beads, which is what I'm going for. Um, they're not vague, like, uh, my friend Tucker, it's a, it's a joke at this point, because every single year, every year that I've known him, and for many years before that, uh, his New Year's resolution is, I will quit soda this year. And, and at this point, he goes back every year and does, uh, you know, what did I accomplish in my resolutions list this year? And he goes, quit soda. Eh, maybe this year. <laughs> <laughs> resolutions for this year? Quit soda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of these years. Yeah. No, and that's, and that's a really good point. And yeah, I want to touch on that a little bit later. But that's, that is a really important step when it comes to making resolutions. And really, when we talk about New Year's resolutions, it sounds like this special thing that can only be done at... The, uh, the beginning of the calendar year. But as we've already talked about, you can clearly set goals anytime. And really the basis of it is behavior change. That's really what we're trying to do. Either learn a new behavior, change a behavior, or maybe quit uh, an old behavior that you're not so happy about. And that's really what it comes down to. And there's a lot of really important steps that you need to take if you're going to be entering into any kind of behavior change. Before we do that, though, apparently... About 45% of Americans usually make New Year's resolutions each year. So I guess Ashlyn would fall into that camp <laughs> yeah. there. We were only 25% so, of the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, that's okay. We're a small sample size, right? So about 45% makes a resolution most years. About 17% make a resolution sometimes. And about 38% never make a New Year's resolution. So at this table, we're pretty much at 75%, yeah. at least for I, the I last few years. I would actually like, be a different distribution because <clears throat> of the whole, you know, like all of you guys were like, it's just so arbitrary. Like, I wonder if, mm -hmm. if that's a very skeptical yeah. point of view. I you know, a lot, of, a lot of skeptics are very sort of analytical and in a lot of cases, I think, needlessly analytical. I mean, like, <laughs> oh, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be analytical, but I think we also have a tendency to be analytical about things that, you know, you don't need to be analytical about. I think maybe know? skeptics may have been more likely to come across some information about, say, behavior change or, or goal setting or something that would help them understand this kind of thing rather than maybe the general public. And so maybe that's why there might be more skeptics that don't do that kind of thing. Because and maybe, like, 75% of skeptics always make New Year's resolutions, and this is just... You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I said, small we're, sample we're size, We're engaging guys. in the hasty generalization fallacy. <laughs> okay. Anyway. If you make a New Year's resolution, write it. Please do. So in terms of success rates, apparently about 75% of people are able to maintain their resolution through the first week. 
of the year. So, okay. One out of 52. All right. About 71% are able to make it two weeks. 64% are able to make it to about a month. And then it goes down to about 46% at six months. And it starts dropping even further after the six-month point there. I would not have expected 46% of people to make it six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that actually that seems... Me. Yeah, I agree. That seems quite high. I would have thought that it would have dropped off. I mean, again, I even just thinking about my own family, people that I talk to, I guess I don't really know a whole lot of people who do in the first place, but I would have thought that would have dropped to zero, you know, pretty damn quick. I know for me, it always, when I did make resolutions at some point in my life, they always just... Yeah. At six months, I would have guessed like 5%. Yeah. Apparently, the number of people through the year who are successful in achieving their resolution actually does drop to about 8%. Okay. Good call. So... You know, it, it does drop to, to single digits, and so I imagine just at every month that passes after that six months goes down even further. And we're talking about a small subset of people here to begin with, yeah. because that's maybe maybe 50% made a resolution, yeah. maybe. <laughs> this is also self-report data, so this, and I'm sure there's plenty of, as we'll talk about, how the resolution is phrased, there's plenty of wiggle room for people to, you know, f- f- fudge their numbers and say, yeah, yeah that, was, that was pretty much successful, right? Exactly, exactly. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about some of the common resolutions. The top 10 list includes, number one, lose weight. Number two, getting organized. Number three, spend less, save more. Four is enjoy life to the fullest. Number five, staying fit and healthy. Number six is learn something exciting. Uh, I would like to uh, help everyone learn something exciting this year, uh, which is, for those of you who are not big fans of uh, reptiles, there are plenty of turtles that when they're underwater, they can breathe through their anus. Delightful. It's a a new fact for you. You learned something I think I technically learned that yesterday. (laughs) I I got that from Brendan. It just took me a minute to vet it to make sure it was not... I thought he was saying backs, not butts. No, no, no. Through their butts. They breathe through their butts. I mean, that's pretty impressive. You have to have a system that works that way. That's, that's pretty impressive. So, so, the, so there you go. Yeah. You have already achieved there your we go. resolution by listening <laughs> okay, to Okay, let's finish this top ten list. Number seven is quit smoking. I'm kind of surprised that that's yeah. only number seven, honestly. That's shocking. That's, that's a little I low, I feel. because there's a lot less smokers these days? Could be. Maybe it used to be higher. That's a good point. Um, number eight, I like the phrasing of this one. Help others in their dreams. <laughs> Isn't that so warm and fuzzy feeling? Well, it's it's just like, fuzzy oh. Fuzzy is the operative word. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, the way that it's phrased, it sounds like Freddy Krueger. Like, you're going to eat <laughs> I want to be in Inception. You're, Thank you're, you. You're, you're helping them ride the magic unicorn. You're right. Help, you're helping <laughs> them onto the thing in their dream, and then... You Absolutely. Leave, and then you leave their dream, I guess. Yeah. Thing, number nine was fall in love. And number ten was spend more time with family. I thought it would be fall out of love. <laughs> Dump everyone. So those are the most common resolutions that are made. I'm sure the wording is some variation thereof. So when I see this list, now I'm going to preface this, as some of you may know, I am a dietitian and I work in a, a bariatric surgery clinic, and a lot of what we do is behavior change, learning new behaviors um, that people are going to need in their lives after surgery. So through my experience there, I've, I've learned a lot about the behavior change process and goal setting and whatnot. So when I look at this list of how these resolutions are, are phrased, I sort of sigh because I can see pretty much with all of them why people might have problems 
meeting resolutions or, or, or being successful in their resolutions. With some well, of why these, is that? why is that? Well, first of all, they're very vague. And Ashlyn had commented on this before we started as well. When you look at a lot of these things, they don't really tell you anything about what you're going to do. They kind of tell you sort of what your end goal might look like. Something that I, just occurred to me, too, though, is that it, because this was a survey, it's possible that they took, like, a lot of different answers and lumped them into groups. For sure. Like, maybe if somebody said, learn something exciting, maybe, you know, five people said, learn how to skydive, and five people said, learn how to scuba dive, and, and that was both lumped into the same category. You're saying that tur turtles breathing through their butts isn't going to qualify. Right. <laughs> right. Damn it! <laughs> well, I tried. Yeah. Um, you know, you're probably right. I don't have the the info on that. But I also think that a lot of people will oh, just sure. put down, you know, staying fit and healthy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's so, great. So what you're saying is that sort of without specifics, it's difficult to actually attain a goal because... The, 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 it's so wishy-washy in the first place. Well, and that's exactly it. To measure it by. Right? Yeah, exactly. you, you can't measure success, and you can't really work towards something unless yeah. you have specific... Well, and this is something that I say to my, my patients a lot of the time. How are you going to know when you get there if you don't know where you're going, right? Yes. You know, if you just sort of start driving on a road, but you don't have a destination ever, a real full destination, well, then you can keep driving forever, and will you ever achieve your goal? Well, I don't know. Maybe? Like, like you're saying, lose weight is all well and good, but lose five pounds is a better goal because you're saying that you're, you are you weigh X, now you need to weigh X minus five. That's a much more specific right. way of stating that goal. Just like getting sense. organized is, well, does that mean in your work life? Does that mean in your personal life, that's, right? Whereas you could say, put a filing cabinet in my office and use a labeling system, that's a very specific way of saying, okay, this is that's how I'm going to get organized. As John Hodgman says, specificity is the soul of narrative. And uh, I actually use a modified version of David Allen's getting things done methodology to organize my life and make sure that I achieve the things that need, that need to get done. And what I've done is transitioned from just setting goals, uh, which are typically sort of vague <laughs> endpoints, so an example might be replace the backsplash in the kitchen to uh, setting discrete action steps. Uh, so for example, I might have a list that says uh, measure the backsplash area, select the tile that goes to the cabinets, uh, purchase the appropriate quantity of this tile, uh, watch a minimum of two independent <laughs> tile installation videos on YouTube so I can figure out how to install them, you know, etc. And and what I what I do is I, I write these steps down for myself. And what that does is it helps front load the mental energy of planning so that when it comes time to actually get the stuff done, to actually do something, my barrier to starting the project is much lower. Uh, I never have to flounder and say, okay, I need to do the backsplash. Uh, what, what do I, what, yeah. you know, what do I have to do about that? You know, I've, I've already got the steps, at least the first several, yeah. so I can, mm -hmm. I can knock those off. Yeah, if and when I do something similar, I'm the same way, where it's yeah. like, if I know that, you know, one is where I start and ten is where I finish and I got, you know, nine more in the middle or whatever, it's very easy to knock them all off and say, well, great, I've done five, now I know that I have to stitch the hot air balloon together. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, like, if you're trying to accomplish a goal, and you know it's going to be sort of a... By the a, way, number 10 was go around the world in a hot air balloon, obviously. Yeah, sure. That obviously. Was, yeah, that, <laughs> was, that, was, that was clear. Yeah. No, just make sure. 
you know, there I, I did used to spend a lot of time mentally saying, okay, I need to write this thing, but I really don't want to start, or, you know, it's a lot of work to plan. But if you separate the planning from the doing, mm -hmm. then it makes the doing so much easier, in my opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely. The plan is a huge part of it. So making the goal, the end point is, which is what these resolutions really are a lot of the time, is not the hard part. The hard part is figuring out how you're going to get there. And what's really important, and you guys mentioned this too, is that you break it down into steps, right? You have to make each step sort of like a mini goal and it has to be achievable, right? And what we talk about in our behavior change a lot is you should feel pretty confident that you can do it. Like 70% yeah. confident that you can make this first change. Because if you don't feel confident, you're probably not going to achieve it. Either it's, it's something that's way too big for you to actually do and you're realistic in your poor confidence level. Or sometimes when we don't feel confident, we end up repeating that thought to ourselves. We have really negative self-talk, which doesn't help us in the long run either. So, you know, start with something that you feel confident. Start with something that is doable, right? Watching a tutorial video, that's doable. Just walking up to the kitchen wall and going, okay... <laughs> Backsplash time. Standing That's with your not. Arms crossed, looking at it. Exactly. <laughs> yep. All right. <laughs> exactly. All right, backsplash. <laughs> it's you, you and me. me. Yeah. <laughs> that's not really doable, right? And and that's really important. And every time you. Um, when you break it down into steps like that and you achieve that first step, it builds that confidence further sure. later on, which helps you continue through the goal. And one of the things that David Allen emphasizes is that you want to distinguish between something that is a discrete action and something that is a goal. So learning how to install the backsplash is not a good step because that's vague. But watch two YouTube videos from different contractors, how they do it. That would be a specific action that you can take. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to sit there and think, okay, so how do I figure out how I'm going to yeah. do that? Learn how to play yeah. guitar. Well, I, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. You know, sign so, up for a guitar class. Yes, right. Buy yeah. guitar. So, yeah. has anybody here heard of the term SMART goals at all? No, no. So, SMART is an acronym. It's oh, very, very common. Yay! We love acronyms. <laughs> so, SMART goals are specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely or time-based. Oh, yeah. We had to do a bunch of this when we did our five-year plan for the choir. Oh, it was terrible. You know, it is, it is really annoying when you think about it, and sometimes it can be really grueling. However, as you guys were already talking about, like, for example, the learn to play guitar. Well, that's not a smart goal. Okay, that's what you want to do, but it's not, it's sort of specific, but it doesn't give you any of the others. But yeah. sign up for a guitar class starting this date. Well, that's really specific. It's realistic, right? Because it's not a lot to be doing. It's achievable because really pretty much anybody can do that. And you've got a time on it too. The time really helps you get there. And that's the part that a lot of people sort of miss, especially when we're making New Year's resolutions because we're celebrating and we're thinking about the new year and all that fun stuff. Oh, I want this. And this is, and vague goals help us forget that we need to put a time limit on things. Time limits make it more immediate and they give us a little, a bit of personal accountability, right? That is an excellent point because um, I am writing a show for the Winnipeg Fringe Festival this year, mm -hmm. which Jem might be in. I mean, oh, um, I've got the haircut for it. It's, 
<laughs> Pretty much it. I'd come see it. Because you should come see it. Well, it's about professional wrestling, but that's another okay. story. <laughs> um, the, point, the point is, is that is that we haven't written the script in its entirety yet. Um, we're going to work on that in the next month or two. But I know that it's got to get done by July, you know, mid, middle of July. It's, it's one way or another, it's got to be done. So when you say timely, that's a very excellent way to look at it because, you know, I know it's got to get done. I have that that goal has to be finished by July because if it's not, the whole thing goes down in flame. The same way as I sometimes I, I book, I'll book a gig um, with a band or whatever months in advance. But knowing that that gig is coming up on that Friday or Saturday or whatever it is means that we have to have rehearsals done. We have to have all this kind of stuff done because it, it, rather than just constantly rehearsing for nothing, having that goal that says Friday, November 25th or whatever the hell it is. That will make us mm-hmm. more productive because you have that, that time limit on it. And I, I think that's why the goals that seem to have worked out the best for me and why I've identified this pattern is that if I plan to do something every day, that is, and I know by the, by the time I go to sleep, that's got to get done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That can work. I'm going to talk a little bit about the other part of that sure, that you mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I did recently is I participated in November in NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month. And I wrote 50,000 words on a novel that has been, you know, rootling around in, in my head for uh, a couple of years in one month, which is a lot of writing for somebody who has, you know, a, a toddler and uh, a, a very demanding day job and who likes to occasionally see other humans. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, obviously I have a very supportive wife to thank for for helping me do that. Yes, but yes. having having that that goal and you know breaking it down okay this means I need to write almost 1700 words a day which is a lot. Uh having that goal e- even for people who don't and there are lots of people who don't finish NaNoWriMo with 50,000 words. Uh, they get a lot more done than they would have if they hadn't had, like, the the, 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 the November 30th deadline looming mm-hmm. in front of them. Yeah. Is, is 50,000 words is the kind the of national yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah. You're, like, the goal is to write a novel, but the, oh. the novel length is set at 50,000 words, which oh. is a short novel by today's standards. It's like the length of The Great Gatsby. So, so you wrote fifty thousand words of your yeah well four hundred and ninety thousand yeah words. it's it's not epic fantasy so it probably won't be the length of a Brandon Sanderson novel but <laughs> it, the the first draft will probably be you know at least a hundred k so moving forward as much as I want to hear about Jim's novel let's keep <laughs> moving forward my tone really said it hey on that thought of the smart goals and the timeliness looking at some of these top ten resolutions enjoy life to the fullest okay well. What on earth does that mean, right? And I mean, maybe the person writing this has an idea, but I, I bet a don't. lot of we don't, and I bet a lot of those people really don't specifically know. They may know they want to feel a certain way. It's super easy. He wants to, he or she wants to enjoy, he, she, they. This person wants to enjoy <laughs> life more than anyone else to the most full. Okay, so we know what gems description of this is, which is still not helpful in terms of being specific or measurable or timely. You survey the population to figure out how much they enjoy life. Enjoy it more than the most. Um, Life's about 80 years, so you have a, that's your time frame. Right, okay, I, I see. So it's a really long-term long term, commitment yeah, long scale, here. Yeah, exactly. 
obviously a lot of the resolutions that a lot of people make are not very specific, which is not helpful in goal setting. Something else that I notice about this list is that there's a few things on it that are pretty unrealistic. And I'm not even, I'm not talking personally unrealistic. I'm thinking like just something you might call like a pie in the sky goal. Top resolution number nine, fall in love. (laughs) Seems like a really bad idea to make this as a resolution because this is something that you may or may not have control over depending on what, where you are in your life, who you meet, if you're compatible with people. There's so many factors in there and it relies on someone or other people as well, which is always a really bad way to set a goal. If you need someone else or multiple other people to complete your goal, it's going to fail. It doesn't say somebody else has to fall in love with you. It could be <laughs> oh. unrequited. You have to be obsessed with this person. Okay. But, um, yes, the, the, the fall in love thing is rather crazy because, I mean, you know, it, it doesn't anybody always, everybody always say the more you look for it, the less likely it's going to happen for you. It has to just, if, you, if you're out there putting it out there, it's not going to happen. It's the meeting in the, you know, grocery store, both you're reaching for the last banana. That's when you, that's when love sort of finds you. Is that kind of, or is that too much of a trope of... You know, I, I think it, it probably is some of a trope, yeah. but I think it, there's some truth to that, too. Not so much in that the universe is just waiting for you to be open-hearted or something. Should it's something that you can't force, yeah, necessarily. Everybody knows somebody who's, you know, going out there and looking for love kind of thing. Right. And I, and I mean, I think by and large, most people find that those people are as unsuccessful as anybody else. Yeah. It could, yeah. could be confirmation bias, too. Like, uh, you know... Maybe there were a bunch of people who were going out there looking for somebody and found them, and so right. they're, they're not part of they your... Complain about them anymore, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a fair point. Yeah. And, an and there are specific things that you can do to attain that goal. So you could right. put in, like, join a dating site, or go to the bar more often, whichever is your preferred way of meeting people. Right. And I, I keep coming back to mine, but like my, my real pie-in-the-sky dream is I would love to launch my own business and start making money off of my crafts. But I'm not going to put that as my goal. I'm going to put make beads every day because that is a step that I can take in order to get to that goal. Absolutely, absolutely. But I would still say that launching your own business is still a more realistic (laughs) end goal. You know, just because it's something that by and large you have a lot of ability and control over. There are so many, you can do just about everything and most likely you'll get there. Okay, so a better example would be uh, make enough money off of my beads to support myself. (laughs) You know, that's not something that I actually have control over. There is a lot of luck that goes into that. Absolutely. And there are things you can do to maybe nudge it in the right direction, but there's no guarantees. Just like falling in love. For sure, sure. you know. You You can do all, yeah, you can do all the right things, but sometimes it just doesn't work out for people, you know? And and that's, while it's something to maybe work towards, maybe you want to use a smaller step, like one of those things that you can do, like going out more. You know, I want to meet new people, so I'm a going smart to... smart goal. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you know? I was but, listening. <laughs> hey! Gold star, gold star. Having this as a New Year's resolution, you, the point is you're probably setting yourself up to fail if you're having these kinds of goals. 
And then there. you feel crappy about it, and then you don't do it again. And exactly, yeah. exactly. So really when it comes to New Year's resolutions or trying to have beha- behavior change, what you're really trying to do is prevent yourself from feeling like a failure. <laughs> you want to do everything possible to feel good about what you did. Yeah. And so, like, making a plan, breaking it down into tiny steps that are really easy to do, making really specific goals so you know exactly when you've gotten somewhere, all of these things are going to help you feel better about it. And recognizing that it isn't pass-fail. Yes. Yeah, you you can, just because you didn't get especially if you break it down into achievable steps, maybe you got 80% of the way there. That's great. That's, That's awesome. That's in most classes. Exactly. <laughs> and that that leads us into another issue that a lot of people have and I think Ashlyn has sometimes too. <laughs> it's called all or nothing thinking. Yeah. yeah. Totally so we set um we set ourselves goals that either I do it 100% of the time or I do it perfect or I've utterly and completely failed and yeah. everything is meaningless and I'm just going to go back and do everything that I did before and nothing is worth it. Uh, I didn't have enough willpower today, so I, you know, I had that cigarette or I had that drink, so today is ruined. I might as well, you know, sh- on Exactly. You know, and and really what or... it is is and it, for a lot of people the issue isn't so it isn't that they had that whatever that they didn't want to, or they did or didn't do that thing that they were trying to avoid. The issue is then that they go into the thinking, everything's ruined, so I might as well just do it all, right? And that's an issue, because you're probably not going to feel very positive after that, Mm -hmm. and you're probably not going to pick yourself up the next day and go, okay, just dust off, try again, right? You're probably going to say, well, this year's ruined, I'll wait another eight months and start fresh, right? Wait till New Year's. And this is, this is something that we see a lot in patients, and I see it in myself now that I've been learning it, too. It's, that's probably a very common behavioral thing, I think, with most people. that You, know, you, you, you do kind of get that all-or-nothing thing. Ah, well, I, I screwed it up. It's over. For sure. Throw it out the window. We're done. We'll, we'll start again some other time. But. For sure. And if, you, if you're at all a perfectionist kind of person, or if you're in a uh, situation, and lots of areas of our society are very, you know, it's not good enough. It's got to be great. You've got to be the best. You've got to make the most money. You've got to be this. You've got to be that. And so if you're not there, then you're worthless until you're the number one. And so we we get those kind of ideas as well. So it just perpetuates that. So what's really important to know is that anytime you're making a behavior change, you're going to slip up. You're absolutely 100% going to slip up. It's normal because humans are not perfect people. So if you go in with the expectation knowing that I want to do this every day, but I know that I'm going to miss some days and that's okay. People who enter behavior change with that are far more likely to achieve their goals than people who don't give themselves that leeway. And they're also, when they have that kind of slip, those kinds of people are far less likely to say, well, the day is ruined or the week is ruined or the month is ruined or the year and binge on whatever it is or just completely give up whatever behavior they've been trying to to work on. Yeah, It's a hard thing to do, especially if you're a person who's really hard on yourself, but it's important to give yourself that leeway because no human ever has made a behavior change and never slipped up once. If they claim that they have, they're lying. <laughs> Guaranteed they're lying. <laughs> we talked about the arbitrary nature of the January 1st, right? I mean, yeah, it's a new calendar year in that. But as we kind of mentioned, for some people, it's like a great, it's a great starting point. You can kind of block that into your life and saying, this is the day. And you plan for that because you think about it ahead of time. And that for other people, 
it's maybe not a good time. So you really, if you're going to make a resolution, you really need to ask yourself first, is this a good time to make change in my life? Right? Because for some people, maybe it is, but for a lot of people, maybe January 1st is a pretty terrible time to make change in your life, right? Maybe you're on vacation, or maybe you're sick, or maybe you've got some stresses going on, or maybe you're just doing it because you just remembered it was New Year's Eve and you need to make a resolution like <laughs> I used to do. Well, a lot of people also have a really hard time with January because the middle of winter and everything is so right. bleak, and so it's a hard time to motivate yourself to do stuff. And this is, and usually the, the, or, well, depending on what in, what industry you're in, where you work or whatever, a lot of, for a lot of industries, the holidays are the boom time. You right. Know, especially for me, like the, the, the weeks leading up to January, and even the first couple weeks of January are fairly busy. And it, it is a bad time to think about anything else other than I have to get through eight hours of work without my brain exploding. Uh, I don't have time to worry about goals. I just need to get there and survive. Whereas I think some people maybe who are... You know, like the concept of people getting time off at Christmas is so bizarre to me. <laughs> I've never had that in my life. Never once have I had a job where it's like, oh yeah, we're closed for you know two weeks around Christmas, so go home, you're fine. That's very strange. But I can imagine if you have that sort of lifestyle, you might have more time to devote to getting your goals in order and maybe trying to make them make them happen because you know that New Year's is coming up. Yeah. I also just want to note that the holiday season, January first, isn't bleak for everybody. There is a Southern Hemisphere. We haven't <laughs> forgotten about you, Southern Hemisphere listeners. We yes, all you sunny beach yes. Christmas day goers. We'll you a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody who listens to this podcast and lives at the equator, screw you. <laughs> in the nicest possible way. Right? In, in the keep listening to our podcast. <laughs> Last night for us it was minus forty six with the wind chill. Oh, I think Lord. so. So which, that's which is terrible. what in uh, do you know what that oh, is? Oh, that was Fahrenheit? yeah, that's it's basically centigrade. The same in Fahrenheit yeah, it's, super yeah, yeah, once like you hit like minus 40, 40 you're just kind of yeah. you're kind of there. It's damn cold. <laughs> damn damn cold. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it it's really a personal thing, but it's important to take stock of that in your own life and really think about what's going on for me. Now, on the flip side of that, you also have to ask yourself is waiting to start a goal or behavior change necessary right now because of X, Y, Z? Or am I just procrastinating, right? You need to be really honest with yourself with that. So if you really want to make a change, sometimes that's where that timeliness of those goals comes in. You got to put a time on it, put a start time and an end time that builds that accountability. But it's important to really assess these kinds of things. And there's no reason that your change has to start January 1st. Maybe your change starts December 25th, if that's the best day for you. Or maybe it's August 1st. I don't know, you know. But you need to know that for yourself. Sorry. I often have mine begin whatever, like, the next day of work is after January. Because, I mean, January 1st, you've got leftovers still. You just yeah. sit around <laughs> play with your new toys. For sure. So, you know, you took stock. You said, realistically in my life, I am not in a place to start a goal today, so I'm going to set it on this day, and from there, that is my start date. And that's totally, yeah, that's fine. It's just as legit as January 1st. Exactly, exactly. See, it's all good. It's all good. So, a lot of people think that, okay, maybe they have a bit of a plan, maybe they don't have a bit of a plan, but they made a New Year's resolution. So... The first thing that people think of is, how am I going to get through this year? How am I going to do this? Well, willpower, right? Uh, maybe people in their lives have said, oh, well, you just need to do it. You just need the willpower to keep it going, right? And if you fail, well, your willpower just failed. You weren't strong enough. This is this is a problem. Anybody heard things like that or thought yep. things like yeah, that? Of course. Sure. So 
what is it, willpower really? It, it, essentially, it's the ability to delay gratification, to put off immediate reward for greater reward in the Are future. To not eat that marshmallow. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> yes. So the study that we're referencing was done in the '60s, and it was done with children. And it's a long-term study. And what they did is they they had children, and they gave them the the option of either having one marshmallow now. Or if they could wait 15 minutes, they could have two marshmallows. And what they did is they followed these children. They just let the children do whatever naturally came to them. And they followed these children into adulthood. And they found that over the long term, the kids that were able to wait for the two marshmallows did better in most of their pursuits in life. And that seems to break class and social barriers as well, regardless of what area or what section of life they came from, they did better than the kids who went for the immediate reward of the one marshmallow. My favorite are the kids who <coughs> tried to game the system, so they would eat like half the marshmallow, or they would lick it, <laughs> and, and they would, because uh, these kids were left alone with the marshmallow for the right. 15 minutes, and, and then if they came back, if the scientists came back and there was still a marshmallow there, they would get another one. I think that's that's an important part of it. It didn't. It's not that it was just a choice. They gave them a marshmallow and said, "Okay, we're going to leave you alone for 15 minutes, and then you can have two if it's still here in 15 minutes." And yeah, my favorites are the ones who like go through all of these hoops to be like, "But I, I didn't eat it. I just licked it." Technically, <laughs> technically correct is the best kind of correct. Yeah. <laughs> to paraphrase Futurama. <laughs> you, you are technically correct. correct. The best, best kind of correct. <laughs> <laughs> so. It is important to have some willpower. You know, delaying gratification is really what behavior change is about as well, right? Because if you just want the the easiest, the quickest way to feel good, you'll just go back to your old habits because they're easy, right? It's easy to do that. And in, and your just human nature, you're likely to slip back into those anyway. So, of course, if you can delay that gratification, work towards that new habit, whatever it happens to be, then you're more likely to build that new skill and then feel that reward down the line. So you do need some willpower to start it off. However, willpower is not just a thing that everybody has in the same amount from birth and some people just don't use it correctly or some people are just lazy or something like that. There's a lot more to it than that. I remember having a conversation with you about this about eight or nine years ago. She's talking to me, by the way. Oh, yes, with with Jam. (laughs) Sorry. Um... And we were discussing how willpower alone was not enough. And I was on the not enough camp. And you at that time were on the no, you just need more willpower camp. (laughs) And you've come around a lot, which is great. Man, I was an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) So really willpower, that ability to even resist the smallest thing, any amount of delayed gratification can be a good behavior change start. And so you need that. However... It's not going to be the only tool. Willpower will not make, well, for the vast majority of people, will not make the lasting behavior change. It's going to run out at some point. You're just going to crash. You are. You are. And there's a couple things that um, lead to that. First of all, you really only have so much willpower. You know, willpower will really um, take you for a few months at most. For some people, willpower can only take them for about a week or two, which is probably why we see that drop off in resolution success as we go from two weeks to a month and further. After that point, you're going to need something else because your willpower is just going to run out. 
a lot of experts in the field or behavior change specialists talk about thinking about your willpower as uh, pennies in a piggy bank. Oh, I guess pennies don't exist anymore for you very young listeners or maybe people <laughs> listening to this 20 years from now. What's well, let's say like penny? coins in your piggy bank. For our American listeners, pennies still exist for you. <laughs> Up here in the north, we have made the very smart decision to just just not worry about yes, it. Yes, yes. So think of it as coins in your piggy bank, right? You have an, a finite number of coins. Maybe you have a lot, maybe you have a little, but you've got some coins in your piggy bank. However, if you take a coin out, you're going to run out of coins eventually, okay? So at some point, you're going to run out. You're going to need something else. So you can't just say, I'm going to will myself to do it because it's not going to work long term. I'm pretty sure I've got about five coins. Like, <laughs> no willpower. You know, I always think of it like a battery that needs to, needs sure. to recharge. Absolutely. You know, um, however you want to think about it, but just think about your willpower. It's not always going to be there in a static amount. It's going to run out. You also need to remember that there are many factors that are going to make your willpower run out faster. So the more different things you're trying to do, so like yourself, Ashlyn, the more resolutions you have or changes you have, the faster your willpower is going to be depleted because you're trying to spend this same amount of coins. So maybe you only have five coins, but if you're trying to spend it on five different resolutions, (laughs) it's going to run out fast, right? I guess I I disagree with that a little bit because I find that as long as the goals are in different enough areas, it doesn't matter as much to me. And you know what? And there's going to be individual things as well. And so that's great that it's working for you. (laughs) For a lot of people, it's not. Also, the more stressors you're under Mm -hmm. in general in life, it may not have anything to do with the goals that you're trying to achieve, but the more stressors you have, the faster your willpower is going to be depleted. Even though, you know, say job stress doesn't, you wouldn't think of that as drawing on that same willpower pool. Emotionally, it all comes from the same pool. So if you are trying to make a change and maybe work's not going so great for you right now and maybe there's some family stressors going on and then maybe you've got a really nasty cold like I've had for the last two weeks on top of it, your willpower is going to be pretty low. And so a lot of people see this as a failure. I've got no willpower. No, that's not it. Like, don't berate yourself for that. What it is is you've just spent all your willpower because of everything that's going on in your life. So it's really important to think about it that way, that you're not a failure because you got home and you said, screw it, I just, I need some cookies right now. That's just the way that willpower works. So you need to know this about yourself and about million, human nature. Million dollar idea, pills that give you more willpower. Yeah. <laughs> if somebody, only. Somebody invent that. And this this goes back, at, at, or at least it touches on something that uh, that was mentioned earlier why just rely on willpower or memory when you can have a system? So right. w- when, when I was writing, for example, uh, I used a distraction-free work environment called uh, Focus Writer, uh, which basically is a full screen, just writing, and uh, I occasionally had to you know tab over to a web browser to l- do some research or look stuff up. And hey, you know, Facebook and Twitter are always there, right? That's that's tough. So I, there's an app that I have called Self Control, which blocks certain websites, and you can configure it to like block Facebook and Twitter for a certain amount of time. Yeah. And even if you uninstall the app, it will still not allow you to access <laughs> those things for that amount of time. Once you've done, yeah, it's it's very well written actually. I, yeah. I was impressed by it, and so that is helpful. Yeah. You know, I didn't find that I needed it, but it was there, you know, in case I did, to, to just supplement that. 
Yeah. And there's also a, a web extension, you know, which you is can... the same idea, called Stay Focused. Yeah. So, yeah. And I used to use that when I was trying to write papers, because I'm so bad at concentrating. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, you know, like, if your goal is to eat more healthily, you know, eat less junk food, uh, your system might be don't buy junk food or, you know, yeah. throw, throw, throw out those Oreos or, you know, whatever, you know, don't have them in the house. Absolutely. And that's something that we talk about a lot. You know, if there's something specific that, you know, is a temptation for you, that temptation, that's going to suck your willpower right there. For a lot of people, just looking at the thing that's tempting, whether it's Facebook, whether it's, you know, Oreos, whether it, whatever it happens to be for them, just seeing that can be a drain on your willpower. So you're already depleting your pool before you did anything, Right. So if you don't absolutely need that thing, get rid of it. Or just make it hard. Make it hard for yourself to do the old thing. Make it easy to do the new thing and hard to do the old thing. Human beings are lazy and <laughs> we love easy things. Yeah. So whatever is the easiest path, the path of least resistance, we will follow that. I right? We eat, are like water. <laughs> I could eat those Oreos, but I'd have to get in the car and drive all the way to the store. Exactly. Oh, you know? Guess I'll just have the salad. You know, there, there's yeah. lots of there's lots of things like that. So, yeah. you know, that part of your plan can be making your life space or your workspace or whatever area you're working on, making it easy to do the newer thing, hard to do the old thing. One of like the it. best systems, I think, is gamification. So mm. it's something that really works for me, and I think the research is starting to show that it really works for a lot of people. Uh, and there are two websites that I'd like to plug in particular. <laughs> uh, the first one is sparkpeople.com. I use it to track everything that I eat and also everything that um, I do for activity, and it gives you points. <laughs> and these points have no value. But I like collecting them. Um, and because when I don't track my food, things happen like I forget to eat protein for a week. And that's oh, bad. Boy. <laughs> I'm, I'm just not very good at, at planning meals for myself that include protein for some reason. Uh, so when I track my food, I can not go into deficiencies. Um, and if it gives me the the points for getting that 30 minutes of movement, then I'm like, hooray, I have tracked it for another day and my graph looks good. Yeah. Like, that is really motivating for me. So I use Spark People. Um, and the other one is, uh, it's been around for, I started using it last year around this time, actually, called Habit RPG. And it is a little adorable 8-bit game. I think Jim's going to love yeah, this. Yeah, and you sign into it and you give it a list of things you want to do every day and like a to-do list and things that you want to get done just like you can set it to only have to do once a week and as you complete those things you check them off and you get uh, XP based on how uh, difficult you told them the task was and you get uh, a certain amount of gold that you can spend on rewards <laughs> and you level up and you can collect familiars and it's a ridiculous game and if you if you don't complete your goals, if you let them go and you said you know I wanted to do 40 things today and I only got 20 of them done, then you lose hit points based on the stuff you didn't get done uh, and you lose hmm. more hit points if you haven't done it for a long time. Mm. And just the idea that, you know, oh, if I uh, brush my teeth before bed, I can check that off and I mm -hmm. you will get the XP for that is, like, just ridiculously motivating for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't use 
gamification specifically, but I'm I use a, an app called OmniFocus uh, on my phone. It's super expensive. It's a twenty dollar checklist app. Wow. I mean, it's, it's so so I'm not necessarily recommending it, but if you know if you're really serious about the getting things done methodology, for example, it's it's a great tool. But one of the great things about it is that it has recurring checklists. So you can have a checklist right. item that will either recur every day or every week or every Thursday and Wednesday or uh, a checklist item that will uh, recur once you've done it, uh, you know, five days later. You know, okay. if, if you're three weeks behind but you do it, then it sets it five days in the future. Or, yeah. And so if you're when you're trying to form a habit, say, you know, do 20 push-ups before bed or whatever, you know, you'll have the, this little nagging reminder, and then before bed, you'll see that, and you get to check it off. And just checking that thing off that list and having it automatically bump forward to the next day, which is, yeah. you don't have to remember to set it again, is satisfying. You know, it's it's a little bit of gamification. It's yeah, I I accomplished that. God I damn did it! Thing. Yeah, I checked <laughs> that that item off. Yeah. No. No, totally get that, and I I love both of the those uh, things. And both of them you can do on the computer or on your phone, so you can take them everywhere and check shit off everywhere you go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so the main thing that I'm getting here is that you guys both ha get motivation out of it. You guys both use the word yeah. motivation, yeah. and that's a real key to making a lasting behavior change. You need motivators. Just that will to do it, like I said, is not going to last you. Motivators are going to be really important. However, the type of motivator you choose is also really important as to whether or not you're actually going to accomplish anything. Everyone may or may not be aware that there are internal motivators and there are external motivators. Can anybody give me an example of what an external motivation might be? If you tell me what it is first. <laughs> uh, you told somebody about it and if you don't do it, then you will look foolish. Would that be an external motivator? Really, external motivators are things that are not how you feel about something. It's it's looking for reward or praise or avoiding criticism maybe of someone else or um, meeting a specific standard. It can also be doing something just for a specific date as well. So people will say, oh, well, I want to fit this. I want to fit this dress size for my wedding. Right. So it's an external motivator. It, once that thing happens, it's it it's not you know you you can't really carry forward from that. There's less, you don't have anything going on inside because once that motivator is gone, what's going to keep you doing what you're doing, right? Internal motivators are those things that little niggling satisfaction inside of you that that you both seem to achieve oh, with so checking good. off that thing <laughs> or watching the points grow or not wanting to see them go down and, and getting the motivation to continue going through that. So internal motivators are really, they're hard to describe, but it's that thing. It doesn't rely on anybody else. It's not a specific date or event or object or something. It's only you. And it's that thing that... Um, keeps you going and satisfied with it. So how do we so, how do we motivate ourselves internally? So that's something that you have to practice, sort of like willpower. Um, sometimes setting an external motivation can be a good... I know it is hard, but that's why you set smart <laughs> goals, remember? Make them achievable. Oh, I know, it's so, so late. It's all coming around. Full circle here, full circle, see? So sometimes using external motivators can be a good start. So if you know that your willpower is going to run out after a week, Give yourself maybe an external motivator saying, by this date, 
I want to do this. So you got to get write your script, for example, Ian, yeah. right? But say that you really like the writing process and you want to keep going after that. But once that deadline's done, are you going to keep writing if that was your only motivator, right? No, you're probably going to be like, and done, you know, like that's, that's the way that it is. Right. I can think, um, Gem and I did a 60 K bike ride this summer and we trained for it because we knew the date of the ride and we, we worked up to it and we had a plan on how we were going to do it. And we're both super sick and we still did it. Yeah. We were so (laughs) sick fevers. It was terrible, but we, we enjoyed it. We had a great time. We did it. However, once that date passed, we did still go on some bike rides, but we definitely didn't keep up the momentum by any means, oh, right? No. At least yep. personally, it was very much like, oh, ride's done. Okay, well, that's, don't ever have to get on the bike again, yeah. right? But I really like bike riding. So it's at that point that you need to start drawing on that enjoyment. You say, okay, well, every time I did a ride, I felt really good, right? Or I got to go farther and you, th- you really draw on that satisfaction from there. So the more that's you great. can look back on that satisfaction and feel that and say, you know, that was that delayed response, you'll build that internal motivation. I was going to say, it internalizes it that you get the satisfaction from the event in the first place. From the yeah. thing that you're doing, exactly. Yeah. I kind of got that way when I was going to the gym a little more frequently. Like, the first couple times, you're, you, you know, you're, you're sort of doing it for maybe uh, aesthetic <laughs> reasons. You know, you want to look good and blah, blah, blah. Maybe that would be your, your external yeah. uh, motivator that you want to look good for the ladies. <laughs> um or the men, or whoever. What, hey, hey, man. Hakuna Matata. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't um, think that context works. Mm, I think it does, though. Okay. Anyway, and then after a while, you start to you start to enjoy the act itself, and you do it, I guess, for your own personal reasons. That maybe it's not even necessary to look to look better. I guess to be healthier would obviously be good, but just you kind of do it because you enjoy doing it after a while. Yeah. And it becomes it you it becomes internal. It's your internal motivator now. Yeah. Yeah. And so the more you can do that, you you can build to that point where you're sitting at home, you're going, oh, I just don't want to go to the gym. But when you build that internal motivation, that's the thing that kicks you and says, just go to the gym. You or know, I you're going to feel good. Or I want to go to the gym. But I'm talking about those times where it's like, I know I feel good at the gym, but I just I'm really tired today. And it's that thing that kicks you in the butt that says, no, you just go to the gym. And that's so when you can build that. That's the that's that internal motivation yeah. that gets you off the couch and to the gym or whatever it is that you were just like oh, I'm not going to tonight. Yes, I am. You can always and fall you just back go into that couch. Exactly. After you're done, yeah. It, you know, Laura. Laura always liked going for walks, and she always wanted to go for walks. I never liked going for a walk unless we're going to like to the store or there was some goal. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but you know, I, my external motivation was I know that she wants to do this and I know that it will make her happy and I want to spend time with her. So I will go with her, you know, and I know that it's something that I should do because it will keep me healthy and like that. So we started doing it and quite regularly we will go on walks, you know, now it's super cold. So not quite as (laughs) often. But even two, even like a week and a half ago, we went on a walk with our daughter. So, so we'll go several times a week. We'll just go for like a, you know, four or five K walk and we come back home and I feel better and I don't not want to go anymore as much or some, (laughs) or sometimes I will. Oh God, I don't want to go. My back's sore. I'm just tired. I just want to watch, you know, the Nick or something, but then I'll feel myself saying, no, 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 you will feel better once you're walking. See, and that's interesting to me because 
I am one of those people who, for some reason or another, I, I went like a, two years doing some form of exercise almost every day, and I hated every single minute of it. <laughs> I waited for those endorphins that people tell you yeah. you're supposed to get. Like if you work out, you know, after a, a month or two months, the, you know, the estimates vary. Like you start to get endorphins from exercise. Never, ever happened for me. It just is not something my body Liars. does apparently. <laughs> if I move my body, I feel terrible afterwards. Guaranteed. That's, that's funny because like I hear people who like my good friend Brendan who is a runner. He mm -hmm. just runs. Like, he'll run to work. It's like, you know, 15, 20K. He'll run to work in the morning, you know. Uh, he just, he loves that, and he and he, he's one of those people who talks about that, you know, the, the, the runner's great high, feeling. Right? Yeah, the runner's high. Mm -hmm. And I, I do not like strenuous cardio. Like, yeah. I've, and I've never, I've also never been able to, like, enjoy the physical sensation. For me, it's all, it's all, like, mental. It's, as it's not an enjoyment, it's a satisfaction. It's like, yes, I'm satisfied that I did that, you know? Yeah, well, and that's why I need these other goals, the, you know, do this many minutes of fitness a day, because it, it makes me feel good to check it off my list, yeah. but I still feel like garbage after I do it. Physically, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally get that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's hard, and it's not saying that, you know, physical activity, everybody's going to feel great all the time. For a lot of people, the more they practice it, the better it gets. Yeah. Not for everybody, though. But and sometimes it, you practice and practice and practice. Yeah. No matter what it is, sometimes yeah. you just never get that internal and motivation. So, and, and, and that's fair. And, you know, everybody's going to have a thing that is like that, right? Like, I hate flossing my teeth. I hate it so <laughs> much. I have been working on building this habit for years, as I'm supposed to. And I just keep hating it, and I never get better, but I just keep trying. And but it's just like, well, that's my thing, right? This is Other things the year that you've stopped so. Much. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. the albatross around your neck. You know, and, and that's okay. Not everything is going to be great, but if you can find other motivators that get you through, then that's that's okay. So both with willpower and with motivation, a lot of experts talk about it. Think of it as like a muscle, or maybe a battery that you need to recharge. But I, I, the idea of it as a muscle is more important because the more you work it. The, more, the stronger that both of them will get there, right? So the more you delay gratification for that willpower, the more you wait for those two marshmallows, the more you'll be able to do that in the future. And then maybe you can wait for three, maybe you can wait for four. And it just builds like that. Same thing with that internal motivation. The more you do it once, you just really draw on that, you do it again, you do it again, it gets stronger and stronger. And then you don't need those external motivators so much, or you don't need to rely on willpower to get you through. What if some of those kids just didn't like marshmallows? Outliers? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> maybe they were Jewish or vegan. Or maybe they were just reason. chocolate people. Marshmallows do kind of suck. I love marshmallows. It's, You're wrong. It, well, I know. Just, it's, it's one of those bad, you know, uh, it's not politically correct to uh, to hate marshmallows. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I tell people that I hate pineapple, and I, they almost want to, you know... You are a monster. <laughs> they they, they want to you know, nail me to a cross or something. It's like... I get that. Don't like, it's like, it's like, like it's scratchy. Cheesecake. I don't like it. Yeah. it. It hurts my throat to eat. I don't like it, and I don't like the flavor of it. Pineapple get off my ass. Pineapple eats you while you eat it. Yeah. Yay, like bromelain! <laughs> but I agree with you. I'm not a... I mean, I wouldn't, like, eat a marshmallow out of the bag raw. Ugh. Maybe 
like a toasted marshmallow on the on the campfires. Oh, Maybe that's they good stuff. The kids for whether they like marshmallows or not. Maybe they could they have. Yeah. I also think that kids are probably a lot less discerning. Like we're talking really young kids yeah. here. Yeah, like not toddlers. They were they were young enough that they're not going to be super picky about a lot of things. Most kids somewhere between ages two and six are pretty much going to like sugar if you hand it to them. I think if you promise a kid a kid that age anything and say, but you'll get two of them if you wait, that's going to yeah. be a motivator. Like yeah. kids like kids like stickers. Stickers yeah. are like what's a sticker? I what the, stickers. why the hell would you like that? <laughs> that's for another podcast. Yes, yes it is. But Jim's uh, rant against stickers. <laughs> so some closing thoughts. If you made some New Year's resolutions, best of luck. If you have thought about your New Year's resolutions as you listened to our dissection of goal setting and motivation and that, maybe, you know, it's not too late to maybe revisit your resolutions if you need to revamp them a little bit, make them a little bit more realistic for you, or maybe just give yourself that leeway that, you know, one day that you didn't do it is not the end of the world and you can pick yourself up and just do it again and maybe keep keep that in mind. (laughs) (laughs) Keep building that willpower as you go along and uh, you know what, if you're still not into the New Year's resolutions thing, that's that's cool too. So which way to the gym? <laughs> I did want to just bust one holiday uh, one holiday myth if I could and that's the uh, myth of the five pound weight gain during the holiday season. Uh, so there's this idea going around that everybody gains lots of weight over the holiday season and then you know they have to they have to work to burn it off over the uh, the, the the next year which might explain why some people you know their new year's resolution is to lose weight in january couldn't possibly have anything to do with the horrendously unhealthy attitude our society has toward weight and body image <laughs> can't be anything to do with it uh, but like a lot of you know water cooler facts this is not actually true. There was a there was a study done uh, in the early two thousands that compared uh, people's weight in September and early October to their uh, weight in February March, and there was an average weight gain of only four hundred eighty grams, which is just over a pound for our uh, American listeners. So so people on average, gain a pound, but the standard deviation, you know, the plus or minus was 2.2 kilograms. So people gain on average a pound, plus or minus five pounds. <laughs> that's, that's quite the standard deviation. That's, that's not to say that an effect doesn't exist. Uh, you know, 0. 0.003 is a pretty solid p-value. There's a p-value for that effect. Uh, but there's a huge difference between individuals. Some gain six, some lose four, some gain more or less. But it averages to about a pound. But people gain weight as they age, too, on average. So this isn't necessarily a holiday thing only. One of the takeaways of the study was that this weight gain isn't actually reversed. So, you know, the the, the weight that you gain year over year that sort of sticks with you, and that's fine. You know, that's not a big deal, but it's just one of those myths that, that people have, that you gain all this weight, you know, eating your turkey and your stuffing, and it's just, you know, it's, it's not true. <laughs> but what percentage of our brain do we actually use? Uh, an average of one pound, give or take five. <laughs> use a pound of my brain? <laughs> brain usage is... Brain is like three pounds-ish. Shall we close the show? All right. I think we've talked a lot about the notion of New Year's resolutions, so 
Thank you everyone for joining me today and chatting about your experiences with New Year's resolutions and your ideas on how to make goals happen. You I, should tell us your New Year's resolutions. Yes. You can do that by emailing us or talking to us on Twitter or Facebook. Yeah, you can reach us at L-U-E-E podcast on Twitter or Facebook.com slash L-U-E-E podcast or L-U-E-E podcast at WinnipegSkeptics.com. Nice. All right. Thanks again, everyone. Have a great January night. Stay warm out there. Happy New Year. Good night. You've been listening to Life, the Universe, and Everything Else. If you have any questions or comments, or you'd like to suggest a topic for the show, you can send us an email at podcast at winnipegskeptics.com. If you want to show your support, which we really appreciate, by the way, you can give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher, follow us on Twitter or Facebook, or just share the show with a friend. Our music is produced by the very talented Ian James, and this episode was edited by Jem Newman. We are now at the level of friendship where we can just wear pajama pants. I'm coming in sweats and unicorn slippers. <laughs> are we at the level of friendship where I can go get a second cup of coffee while we're in the middle of recording? Go for Only it. if I can. Laura and I will hold this down. All right. So should we should we start talking about New Year's resolutions? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Does anybody know where the um, the idea of the New Year's resolution came? Yeah, I got that. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> Shocker. Boop, 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 boo. Ian, if you eat those chips during the recording, I will kill you. Don't tell me what nonsense. If I want to powerbomb you through this table, I'll do it. It's gonna fail. It doesn't say somebody else has to fall in love with you. It could be oh. unrequited. You have to be obsessed with this person I, to the point where you yeah, think you it's can tie them up in the basement. <laughs> oh, good oh, Okay. That's still sort of like... It didn't die. It does this stupid... <laughs> Ian, here's your chance. Throw me some chips. Yeah. There's not too many left, but they're all yours. Help me. My computer is... Mm. Man, Pringles are delicious. Really? You like Pringles? I love Pringles. Why do you love Pringles? Reconstituted potato matter? That's the best. Yeah. It's just like, cel- just okay, like celebrations well. food. Oh, I used to do that as a okay, kid. I have to recharge my computer here just a second. Just... It was so oh, satisfying. You felt like such a ninja. Give me... I'm going to eat like, one of these things. HP, they are a fucking devil, man. I know. Wait, wait, wait. They did send us a free printer. And they did send me a free computer. So that's a point. But that doesn't mean the products are crap. I'm sorry, I have to. They use a pound of brain? Brain usage is like three pounds ish. It's got to be more than that. Really? Only three pounds? Did you guys see the bodies? Did you guys go to the bodies exhibit? Yes. I went despite it being hugely unethical. Yeah. Yeah, the average is about three pounds. Same reason why I eat meat. Um, (laughs) That is the only reason you still eat meat. You went to the body's exhibit because it's delicious. They had, the point of it is that they had a brain there, yeah. a real a plasticized yeah, brain. Yeah, yeah, whatever. But it was a, it wasn't a yeah. model. It was yeah. a person's brain. And yeah, it's smaller than you would think. Yeah, it's kind of fitting here. Yeah, well, it and it needs a whole bunch of room for cushioning. So yeah. everybody, shake your head around and feel your brain slush. Mm. Or don't. You know, that's <laughs> called a concussion. <laughs> Shall we close the show? Yes, yes. When we went to the bodies exhibit, uh, after we... Or Jen will keep talking for ten minutes. <laughs> well, but after we came back, remember we were with one of my family members who is actually oh, a, yeah. a faculty member, an engineering prof at a major Canadian university whose name we don't need to mention. Uh, and he, and he, you know, we were sitting down at the table, I think eating like dinner or lunch afterward, and he said, you know, hard to believe that this all evolved. Seen that thing? 
don't know, maybe the creationists are onto something. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we need to have a talk right now. <laughs> I don't think he was very serious. He was. He. I think he, seemed, he may have been he trolling seemed, you a well, little maybe. bit. Well, maybe he seemed thoughtful, though. <laughs> I know he's that good an actor. But at the end, he's like, "Okay, no, no, no. You're right. You're right. I get it now. Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> he's just trying to shut me up. I'm sure. I'm an educator, don't you know? <laughs> I get guitar strings for half price. <laughs> <laughs> I got off track pretty quickly.